Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. I do want to talk about the menopause and how it's affected you. Now, let's not just focus on women, by the way. And I know we talk about women, well, when I say a lot, maybe still not enough. But we certainly don't talk about men. And I want to talk to both. Um, how If you're a woman, I want to know how the menopause has affected you. Maybe you could tell us how it's affected you. So younger women listening in their 40s or late 30s or whatever who are getting close to that point, you know, can start thinking about it. And so if they start feeling certain things, well, then they understand this is part of the menopause. Every woman goes through this. We need to talk about it. But if you're a man, let us know as well how it's affected you. I want you to be honest with me today. So whether guys listening in their 40s will understand. And I, I'll be honest with you, from my point of view, the only thing that I remember in my mid-40s was you reassess your life. Now, I did, I do get aches and pains, but that's just because I'm 57, you know what I mean? I'm getting, if I get out of the car, I can't walk for a minute or two, you know what I mean? You, you know what I mean? you got to go, oh. You grunt when you're bending down to pick up a pen off the floor, you know, that kind of stuff as you get older. And maybe I should do something about that. Maybe I should talk to a doctor about that. Maybe I, maybe I can do something about that. But... From a point of view of menopause, I suppose I went through a midlife crisis, mid-40s. You start to reassess your life, don't you? You know what I mean? Am I doing the right thing? Am I, am I married to the right person? Am I all these kind of things? You start to reassess your life. You know, you, you start thinking, mm, if I get to 70, you think of yourself, if I'm 70 now, will I look back and say, I should have done this or I should have done that or I should have changed that job or I should have moved to this. So you start to reassess your life a little bit because you're in the middle of your life. When you're 45, aren't you? Because we're going to live to roughly 80 to 90. So you're in the middle of your life somewhere. So you start to reassess it. There's, but there's also a medical reason why you're doing that is because as a man, your testosterone levels start to drop, according to doctors. Now, by the way, it doesn't happen to every man, but it happens to a lot of men. Your libido starts to drop. Um, you might have erectile dysfunction. You might start losing your hair. You might feel sad. These are things that affect men. And equally with women, they affect women too. Obviously, they don't get erectile dysfunction, but... They have problems in their vaginal region as well, as well as having, you know, bones and achy bones and loss of libido. And they also have problems with weight or either weight loss or putting on weight. And as well as that, their estrogen level drops, uh, which obviously affects them in generally speaking. So I want to know how menopause affects you as a male or a female. The number is 087 I'm looking at some of the messages coming in here, by the way, on WhatsApp and Facebook as well. Somebody says here, at the age of 40, I started to feel drained, exhausted, uh, getting off the couch. I felt like an old man. I had brain fog, erectile dysfunction, absolutely lost the ability to have an erection. No morning erections either. Lost my libido at 100%. Uh, started feeling uh, emotional, uh, emotional and felt... Um, where was it going? Oh, yeah. Low in testosterone causes uh, estrogen to be uh, the dominant hormone in the body. Started getting extreme anxiety, depression. My gosh, he went through the mill there, didn't he? Anyway, um, and obviously he's just warning other men. He said he got his life back um, prior to get, having a low testosterone issue anyway. But anyway, look, the point is, what can we do about it? And if there are people out there who have gone to doctors, done something and they felt better, let us know. And give us a bit of advice for other people. Uh, be you male or female, the number is 087-188-0008. Uh, John, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, John? Niall, good afternoon to you. John, oh, John, I know who you are. John Wall, isn't it? Yes, we've talked before. And John, yeah. I, I follow you on Twitter as well. John, 49 years of age, you had, of course, prostate cancer. You still have uh, prostate cancer. Yes. And um, I don't know whether cancers generally affect the hormone levels. Do they? 
Prostate cancer specifically does, yes, because it's a hormone-driven cancer. So uh, in a case such as my own, the only way to reduce it is uh, to reduce the amount of testosterone in my body basically to all but zero. Right. So uh, I had uh, the menopause induced and uh, it's part of my ongoing treatment. It's, it's what I live with on a daily basis. And when I heard you, you were going to discuss it, it's not something I've actually talked about in public before, but I think it's, it's World Cancer Day today and it's very important. Um, but like, how are you feeling now, John, by the way? I know, I know we've talked to you in the past. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing pretty well, thanks, Niall. Um, just I take each day and enjoy it, make the most of it despite everything that's going on around us. But, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, and the, uh, the menopause, um, I knew nothing about it, absolutely nothing. But practically overnight, um, I had to learn. I had to learn quickly because, um, for me, loss of libido, uh, extreme hot flushes, um, you know, to the point where your, your clothes are, are drenched, you have to change, and there's nothing you can do to cool down. And is that middle of the day or in bed at night? or Both. Um, yeah, the night sweats, yeah. Night sweats, day sweats, uh, extreme fatigue, headaches, erectile dysfunction, permanent in my case because of surgery, uh, weight gain, uh, man boobs, um, mm-hmm. memory loss. And, you know, I was never... Um, so you find it difficult to even focus or concentrate? Oh, very much so at times. Yeah. But I'm saying that you've you got you to, gotta, I suppose, acknowledge, uh, in my case, uh, what's going on. Uh, there's no point in, in dismissing it and say it too will pass type of thing because it won't. It's just, uh, it's part of who I am now. And for so many men out there, not just with prostate cancer. So the, the, the sacrifice for you to getting surgery and the sacrifice for you to getting treatment for your cancer is that these other qualities of life you've lost. They're gone, yes. Uh, but replaced by so much more and that's the important yeah. thing. Well, life itself is a quality of life, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, um, John, I'm sure you're well aware of that. So just be, I, I think in your situation, John, and, and thankfully I haven't been in your situation and I, I am sorry for the situation you were going through. No but, I, but I think you probably, and maybe I'm wrong in thinking this, you appreciate life even more. That's, no, that's, that's the key. Yeah. Uh, I got diagnosed on the 25th of July, 2017, and that's the day I started living. The day I was told I was going to die is the day I started living because you appreciate... Uh, every life, day. But every single day. But the, the things that... Um, that have happened as a result of treatment and surgery, that's now part of who I am. You know, there's, there's not a lot I can do other than deal with it, and not just for myself, but for those that I live with, my family, for my friends. It's important, um, it's important too, that we, we discuss things. Like, erectile dysfunction is not something that I would have even contemplated discussing on the national airwaves a few short years ago, but that's, that's just the way it is. I actually I, I joke about it quite a bit, um, and can know, you take Viagra, for example? Will that, would that assist you, or does that not work for you? It, it, it may assist. Um, it's something that, it's a conversation. Is it safe? By the way, is it safe for you to take Viagra? Um, there, are, there are things available um, that may assist. I mm. think each to their own in that regard. Um, I did have a chat with my oncologist last time around um, uh, about the, that side of things uh, for me, and uh, I have to, we have to have a more of a discussion. I think it's, it's a difficult one to explain, but in a sense, when you're dealing with so many changes, things that used to be important in your life, the physical side of a relationship, still very important, but um, you discover so much more about yourself, about your partner, about your, your, your wife, your husband, whoever it may be, and uh, you begin to appreciate them more um, for who they are as well, and you know, physically it may be challenging. 
Um, mm-hmm. But it is possible to have um, a relationship, uh, an understanding one, and a good one, uh, despite uh, some things not being there anymore. And uh, we knew this was going to be the case when I went for surgery. We were told, um, you know, in some cases you can have nerve-sparing surgery. In my case, that wasn't possible. So it was something And you, you can't, because of obviously the prostate cancer, you can't even take some sort of artificial uh, hormones at all. So, no, I, okay. not at all. Uh, my, my horm- because it's hormone-driven... You I have to, you intentionally reduce In every it. sense of yeah. the word, not just physically, but mentally as well. And that's actually, you know, and again, not just for cancer patients, but it's, it's very challenging for any person that loses um, their own sense of identity, who they are, and when I, you know, when I see myself now, my body resembles, um, well, it resembles something that I don't want it to resemble. I have uh, a huge problem with uh, just man boobs, simple as that, because it's part of the treatment. It's a side effect, mm-hmm. and it's not something uh, that I can do much about. I've tried various little things, uh, but what I find best, and I'm sure there are a lot of your male listeners out there will have similar problems, yeah. is, you know, a baggy Moob, top. Moobs, moobs. Moobs, absolutely. Yeah. Just <laughs> a baggier top than normal. Because when you feel confident yeah. in, in going out, and you, whether people are looking or you, you, you perceive people to be looking or noticing things, that perhaps they don't, but the important thing is what's going on in your head. And if you're comfortable in yourself going out in who you and what you are, well, that allows you to overcome an awful lot of the other challenges that exist as a result of um, treatment, mm-hmm. menopause, whatever the case may be. Yeah, well, well, well do me a favor, stay there for a second, John, because I want to go to say, uh, Sally Ann Brady, who's the founder and the operator of the Irish Menopause. Um, hi, Sally Ann. Hi, Niall, how are you? How are you doing? I mean, we're talking generally about menopause, and not just, by the way, about women, and, and I know we yeah. do talk about women as well, but men tend to get a bit forgotten in this conversation sometimes as well. And I want to talk to both today, by the way, and prepare everybody yeah. for the menopause, because we do we have established that men, obviously the testosterone levels reduce as they get older, mm-hmm. and they go through this period as well with, you know, fatigue, weakness, depression, sexual problems, etc., yeah. etc. So, I mean, what has your experience been, primarily, obviously, from a medical point of view, it's women, but from a psychological point of view, and to some physical degree, it's men as well. It is, and the medical term for it is actually andropause, and I was listening to John there with interest. And what happens with men is they lose their hormones very, very gradually over their lifespan, whereas women sort of fall off a cliff at midlife. So some, some men don't have a problem with their testosterone dropping at all. Others do. And then like in John's situation, it was brought on surgically, medically. So that's quite severe. And my heart goes out to him and I can understand and relate to everything he's saying. And women experience the same as what he is. So for any man or woman out there, yes, it is a thing. And no, it's not in your head. Um, but, but there's a kind of back- stigma around talking about it. It's like you, when we talk about puberty and say young girls when they start having their periods first or young boys when their voice mm. changes or their penis starts to get hard for the first time. We don't mm. like talking about it. There's a kind of stigma around talking about these things, isn't there? There is, and it seems to be a global thing as well. Niall, our Facebook group, the Irish Menopause, like we have all over the world in our group at this point, um, but predominantly Irish. And I have to say it's the same everywhere. It's like a fear or a shame. It's very, very... um, Because we might have to use some dirty words. Is is that what it is? Absolutely, Noel. And it's very old-fashioned thinking for the year 2021. But women are starting to come out more and talk about stuff and be open about it. But what I'm finding, I'm also a menopause mentor, what I'm finding is that women are coming to me because they're afraid to talk to their friends or they're embarrassed or they're shy or what's happening is, although they know their friends are going through the same, they find that when they speak, they're just met with a blank face. Oh, God, no, that didn't happen to me. 
Because there's an embarrassment. Yeah, there's mm. an embarrassment with men, for example. There's an embarrassment to talking about erectile dysfunction. Yeah, with women, yeah. maybe vaginal dryness or whatever it is. Yeah. We don't like talking about those things because we don't want to admit that with those problems we might be having because we think people think less of us. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Huge stigma around it. Yeah. And I would say our our group is only females, you know, but I, I think there's a need for a male one as well. And I mm. think that males will probably never talk about it. I just can't imagine a, a situation. There's a job now. for John now when he has idle hands to set up a, a male group. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't imagine a scenario of a group of men sitting in the pub, for example, talking about this amongst themselves because that's no. the male personality. Whereas women, although we're not as great either, but we're a little bit more open. Yeah, you're better at reaching out and, and calling a friend whereas you're right lads are not going to sit around the pub talking about you know the last time they had a problem with you know getting an erection they're, yeah. they're still not yeah. going to talk about it yeah but you know. you know there is there is help and there is information and that's all I can say to anyone listening I mean it's not you don't need to bury your head in the sand and just be shy and be embarrassed there is help yeah, and there's a lot of other stuff too. I mean, we talked about the sexual aspect of it there as well. But there's mm. just the weakness. Depression is a huge yeah. part of it, by the way, because with fatigue comes depression Absolutely. because you're tired. And the psychiatric side of it is huge for males mm. and females. Huge depression, anxiety, panic attacks, new onset, intrusive thoughts, you name it. Our hormones have such a profound effect on our mental health, you see, yeah. because it all works. And, and hormones, nobody ever thinks about them. The, the power they have in the body, they make who we are. It's our personality. Well, well, well okay, well, the question is, Sally, uh, mm. and now obviously not for John because of the, the situation he's mm. in but for the for the average guy who's not going through you know cancer mm. treatments or whatever it happens to be or doesn't have any underlying condition is there something that a guy can do and, we, and well, women can take HRT uh, and we talk to Tara men can take HRT as well men can have their testosterone supplemented and I know many men who do so mm. and it will give them their life back give them a spring in their step give them their sexual um functions back isn't their libido and it can be life changing if it's needed yeah okay. absolutely. and this can reduce the, the, these some of these symptoms of weakness sore bones you yeah. know as we get older you know getting out of the car I mentioned it earlier on I'm 57 yeah, I get yeah. out of the car I feel like an outfit <laughs> when I'm getting out of the car I've been sitting down for a while I'm grunting and groaning so yeah and you reckon that's a, a lot of that can, can be down to test on Absolutely. And I mean, obviously, like you said, we are all ageing. We can't yeah, we stop that, unfortunately. No, yeah. And things are never going to be as they used to be, but it can be significantly improved, absolutely, by supplementing hormones. And hormones aren't just for women. Yeah. They're for people, yeah. males and females, you know. It's just that us females get the short straw, our hormones fall off a cliff at midlife. We don't know what's going on. Whereas men tend to, you know, it's more gradual. Some are more sensitive to that drop than others. Yeah. You know what? That's, just listen yeah. to that. Because. Because it doesn't uh, happen, because it does happen gradually with men, they seem to be more accepting uh, in terms of, ah, yeah, listen, it happens and mm. uh, there's nothing I can do about it. Just go with the flow. Where women, um, it, it's, it's uh, as you say, it's like it happens, it happens instantaneously within, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but John, like what is it about us and, lads? And, what, we, we, we can talk about it. What is it about is men in particular? Okay. Like, I'm not going to sit down, as, as Sally Ann rightly said, in the pub with you and say, Chase, John, I couldn't get it up last night. You know, I'm just waiting. I'm in the middle, I'm 50 years of age. Have you had that problem? You know, I, so we're, we're not going to do that. On national radio. And I think we are fostering the discussion. Uh, mm. You know, and it certainly it has given me an appreciation of what women go through. Because whilst, you know, I had heard about it, I would read about it, uh, I thought I knew what there was to know about it. I knew nothing uh, until you actually go through it yourself and you have an appreciation. I was thinking that, John, listening to you, um, because nobody seems to understand what a woman goes through. No. And, and sadly for you, 
you've experienced that and my heart goes out to you. Well, actually, you I, know, I, 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 uh, I suppose I, I think it has brought myself and my wife closer because uh, mm. I do have an appreciation for what she uh, will be going through in due course. And yeah. um, mm. I, don't, I, I, I don't mind it. It's, it's something that becomes part of our lives. For me, it's not something that I can take supplements, etc. Uh, it's, it's, it's just there. For, but for so many other men, you know, by talking about it, by listening to conversations like this, like this, they can turn around to themselves. Do you know what? Maybe there is something that mm. I can do. Me, I'm not am ab- abnormal. Sure, Niall was talking about that in the radio yesterday. Maybe I should go to the doctor and I can do yeah. something and change my Absolutely. life. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is a wonderful conversation because there's people listening there now thinking, oh God, it's not just me. Maybe I will get it checked. And, and let's be clear, it's not just you. It's everybody. Yeah. And, and we, I mean, the chances are, if you male or female, at some point your life is going to change reasonably drastically uh, and you can do something about it. Let me just go to Roisin as well. Roisin, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Roisin? Hello there. Hi, Roisin. How are you? Roisin, I'm you're also a member you. of the Irish Menopause. Yes, I sure am. A life-saving service provided by Sally Ambrady. Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> Hi, Roisin. <laughs> she'll yeah. ex- she'll accept the award. <laughs> And, and I mean, Roisin, why did you why did you become a member, or why did you join up? I simply became a member because I was actually trying to research information on menopause because I absolutely like that other gentleman there. I knew absolutely nothing about it, and I was thrown into surgical menopause at thirty seven as a result of having breast cancer. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, and how are you now, by the way? Mm. I'm great. Good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. The walls. I'm brilliant. Um, I suppose I was left with such debilitating symptoms like I couldn't walk the silent symptoms and all the symptoms that's just been mentioned there now however I think what the Irish menopause and Sally and Brady have done for the women of Ireland and I think there's about seven and a half or eight thousand members now is Sally Ann provides a, it's a it's an educational base and it's fact based and we all tell our stories so we're all able to come together I suppose a, a giant and compare stories yeah yes and we realise mm. that we're not alone. And we now realise that this affects men in, 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 in the exact same way. Yeah. Mm. It's just that getting the information out there. And we actually know now and that, you know, some GPs aren't up to date with menopause training or anything like that. So I suppose the main, the, the main mission is to kind of educate ourselves first so that we're armed with information and we can go to our doctors and we can say to our doctors, well, this is what this is. Because many GPs, I suppose, around the country, and I hope there's some listening, haven't had any menopause training or andropause training. And I think it's vital. And I, I mean, as most of the general public, we don't know an awful lot. Like even this morning when I was exactly. chatting with Tara was here in the office. subject for... I know, so I, I said to her about HRT and I was saying to her, wasn't there all controversy about that? So oh. this is, we start thinking about these old stories and she goes, oh yeah, that's, that's the it. old HRT that was using horse that's urine or something like that. That's the window, Yeah, I of course. that on the air. It's Absolutely. Gone. It's gone. The WHI study was taken back. Oh. Sorry we made a mistake. HRT nowadays is identical to Mother Nature's hormones and it's very safe. Yeah, and, and yeah. this and particular paper has been debunked that was never Thank even you. a peer, peer-reviewed paper. But But yeah. the problem is, that news, which was so big at the time, uh, Roisin and Sally Ann, yes. is still mm-hmm. in people's heads because they're still thinking, oh, wasn't there an issue around that stuff there going back it's a few years ago? One of the biggest catastrophes around women's health, I think, ever. Globally, women threw their HRT in the bin overnight when the media they got stopped, hold And the of doctors that. stopped diagnosing or pre- uh, yes. prescribing it. They reckon about 100,000 women, if not more, this is what I was reading recently, have died prematurely as a result of that yes. study. 
Yeah. It's heartbreaking. Totally, totally agree there. Yeah. That's and just to clarify again for anybody who heard about that, that study has been debunked. It was never a peer-reviewed study yeah. and it was based on a really old story, which is not mm. the case now. So if you are, you know, going to your doctor, don't be afraid to talk to your doctor about HRT. Reiterate the importance. Yeah, well, so, sorry, sorry, John. It reiterates the, the importance and the need for males and females alike to talk about our hormones, to, to talk yeah. about what happens as you get older because we can actually help each other on this. You know, mm. as, I said, as I said already, I had no appreciation for what women went through, absolutely none, but by God do I have now. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and yeah. it gives me an understanding also. My wife is able to advise me um, on, on how to deal with uh, particular issues associated with uh, lack of hormones in my case. And mm. uh, I really, I need that advice. I appreciate that advice. And an open discussion for any relationship um, is so, so important and an understanding of, of what your, your loved ones but, but are But here's the thing, through. right? When, when something goes wrong with your leg or your hand or your ankle or your arm, it's physical. You can see it. You can do, and you yeah. go to the doctor and you'll get a cast on it or you'll do something about it. you get treatment or physiotherapy, whatever it happens to be. But when something goes wrong with your hormones, which are more important probably than some of your limbs, to be honest with you, because they mm-hmm. control your very being, we see, don't seem to do things about it because it's something quite invisible, and it, but it causes so many problems in our body. Uh, our hormones are so important. I don't think we understand or realise how important they are when we look we at the We don't symptoms. understand it ourselves, Niall. This is the problem because there's no education out there. As you probably know or don't know, like we're running a petition to try and get it into secondary sex ed in schools. We're taught everything when we're growing up. And menopause comes along, pulls the rug from under us and our lives fall apart. And we'd no clue what was coming for us. And like you and say... I- it's so important. Hormones are the most power- powerful biochemicals in the body, but nobody talks about it. Well, do, well, do, do me a favour, all of you. Uh, uh, please say it me as well, Roisin, because I want to come back to you after the break, because I have to take a break. I'm going a little bit over time. Uh, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. The number is 87 8 All right, just getting back to Roisin, who was diagnosed with breast cancer. How many years ago, Roisin, were you diagnosed with breast cancer? When I was 35, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So I'm just gone 43 now. Okay. And... At 37, then, I had to have, like, a, a total, hist- a complete hysterectomy. Okay, and that, that's another reason, of course, you would go direct, you would go straight into menopause when that yes, happens, of yeah. course, yeah. So you've got to have, you have a double family, actually, in surgical menopause, so you do. Okay. It, it, it's, it's a bit more severe than what it would be naturally. All the symptoms. I, I think I woke up from that operation in sweats. Right, okay. <laughs> and I, I actually didn't even know what was happening to me then. And I got sicker and sicker and sicker. And just to, to point, I'm actually a secondary school teacher. I had to leave my job, a job I absolutely adored. And why? Because you were just too tired, too weak, too, you weren't focused? What, what, what was I, I hadn't an, an ounce of cognitive ability. Everything was gone. Dementia brain fog, it's just not brain fog. It's that and more. I, I, I couldn't stand it. You couldn't, so you couldn't motivate yourself, essentially? Absolutely. Yeah. There was no uh, and and what? Okay. So let, let's for people in that situation, either naturally or forced into that situation, as you were. And I'm. By the way, I'm glad to hear. By the way, that you that obviously you're in regression now and thank everything you. is fine, uh, and <laughs> hopefully nothing like that will ever happen to you again. Oh, but 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 in, but in saying that, for people listening, for women or, or possibly men who have gone into that stage, go to the doctor. What what treatment did you get? I didn't get any treatment. I had the door closed in my face. By lots of doctors, and I'm going to be really honest and blunt, doctors didn't want to treat me as regards my loss, my loss of hormones because I, was, I had tested positive for estrogen receptor positive breast cancer. But I now know 
why I got breast cancer. I got breast cancer after my last baby was born. My hormones never came back to an optimum okay. level to offer me breast protection. And so years later, I found a lump. I now know that that lump was growing in my breast for up to 10 years. And it was never detected. I wouldn't have detected. I don't think any... And were, you, and were you doing your... I know they tell women to do daily breast checks, but but most women probably don't do them daily anyway, and some women don't do them at all, uh-huh. which is really important that you do these things for Absolutely. early intervention. Were you doing it, or were you just one of those women who just said, oh, that'll happen to somebody else, it won't happen to me? No, no, I would have been always into kind of giving a, a, a check, but I didn't know if I was checking actually... The right thing. Correctly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Is that a gland yeah. or is that a lump? Yeah. Right. Yeah, because we have fibrous tissues in the That's breast. That's right. Yeah, glands. Anyway, yeah. And we wouldn't really, yeah. Sometimes when you go to examine yourself, you actually don't know Jesus Christ. And then I thought, when I was that lump, when I was diagnosed with the breast cancer, sure, I was feeling everything. I thought I had about a hundred lumps then. Yeah, because you start getting paranoid. Uh, completely yeah. paranoid. Completely paranoid. So we, when you went, and I'm, I'm, I'm really stuck for time, and I'm really sorry because I don't like rushing your story. But when you said you had all these doors closed on you by doctors, probably because doctors don't have a great understanding, sent for the odd blood test no, every now and did. again, and that was about they it. No, I don't. They did, and and that's fair enough. And we get that, and we understand that that they don't have an understanding of it, and that they actually have little or no training in this area of women's health. But the WHI report just put a spanner into the works of that because if you were a breast cancer patient and you tested positive for like hormone positive breast cancer, that meant that you could never take a hormone replacement ever, according to doctors. But that's not the truth now. And now we have that, we're armed with that information nowadays. And we know that we do need the hormones to offer us breast protection because we have estrogen receptors in our breasts. And if you're not making enough estrogen to offer your breast protection, well, the receptors can't do their job properly. So what are you on now? What are you taking now? I now take, uh, I take transdermal, everything more so is transdermal, estrogen. This is like a gel you rub on your arm. It's a gel you yeah. can rub in. I'm also on the patch, high doses because of surgical menopause. What about testosterone? Also, Do you take testosterone as well? I take testosterone too and progesterone. Okay. And natural progesterone as well. And you're so flying. I'm actually, I have no symptoms. At the and moment. by the can I point out free. that when you start taking hormones, by the way, contrary to what was said many years ago, it actually reduces the chances of you get, getting breast cancer. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Therefore, my receptors in my breast, in anyone's breast, would be in their bodies are doing their job. Mm-hmm. They're binding together to offer you the best possible protection that your body can need. Yeah. Well, look, I'm glad, I'm glad you're 100%. Are, are you running any marathons, Rosine? <laughs> have you gone back to teaching? <laughs> Outside my 5K marathons. <laughs> <laughs> have you gone back to teaching again, by the way, Roisin? Um, I have only part-time. Okay. I'm doing a little bit I know, online. I, well, I know there's not too much of going on at the moment. But after, after it all. Yeah, yeah. Really. Well, look, I'm delighted you're feeling better and I'm delighted life is back to some level of normality for you. Uh, Thank you very much. Mike. All right. It's a pleasure to talk. You too. Okay, and to everybody listening, there's, there's a story. Roisin got her life back. So she felt all the stuff uh, that you would normally feel to natural menopause because obviously in her case it was very difficult because she had breast cancer and it happened very instantaneously. But she felt all the stuff, the weakness, the depression, the fogginess, the lack, and this happens to men and women you know, not being able to concentrate or focus as you get older, it's not the end of the world. 
go to a doctor that understands. She went to doctors, as many people do, and doctors don't understand. We need doctors to do more training when it comes to menopause for men and women and to recommend that we take hormones. And we should be taking hormones as we get older because, unfortunately, our bodies are not capable of making them anymore. That's just life. But isn't it wonderful that we have all this medical intervention that we can do it? So do something about it. And don't let yourself just get old very quickly. Don't let yourself do that. Do something about it. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.